Good afternoon, everyone. You all right? I'm trying to show this frame. Where's my frame not showing up? I feel naked. I usually have my little pretty frame. It's annoying. Not working. Anyway, don't know if you can see that. Hope you can hear me okay. How was everyone? Hope you're good. Got an interesting show to talk to you about today. Bit of a personal reflection on the experience I've had recently. Uh, where I've been seeing a therapist of sorts, a coach uh, for my kids. And there's been some things that I've come to realize that I think is worth sharing with you, uh, in part because it feels like it really translates into some good and bad practices that I want to learn from and apply in clinic as well as across life. So my question for you to start off with is, have you sought, um, and it, I suppose it, uh, I want your reflections, if you're willing to share them, of two experiences you've had seeing therapists or coaches in any capacity. For those that think that they're in the titles and they think I'm going to go off on one about my sore wrist, which I talked about on Twitter the other day, don't worry, it's not that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've got plenty of experiences that I've, I've reflected on before from having spinal surgery, et cetera, and the rehab around that and various injuries. I'm not going there today, but you can. I'm interested in your take on, uh, on whether or not you've... Uh, You've had um, experiences with any sort of intervention of which you've seen a therapist or a coach basically working with a professional of which is helping you to reach certain goals. And that could be directly, you know, you have had injuries and I've had to be a patient in the context of which I'm usually the therapist, or it could be something completely different, which is what I'm going to reflect on today. Instead of leaning on the experiences of which I've been otherwise injured, etc., I'm going to be talking more about uh, the experiences I've had recently with working with a, I'm using the term therapist, I think she probably would use the term coach, it's like a sleep coach for our kids who have got twin boys, they're now 11 months old tomorrow, and they, uh, yeah, terrible sleepers, as you can probably tell from my haggard looks over the years, and uh, uh, over compared to last year, and then also the weight gain, etc, you might have noticed that it's bloody uh, taken its toll, um, and so there's been um, this sleep coach, the sleep therapist, whatever it's called, uh, that we've been working with. And there's some lessons to learn, both good and bad, and how I would want to uh, change my practice and behaviours. But it doesn't have to be something like that. It doesn't have to be anything specific. Just wondered if you could give your take on the matter as to whether or not that's been useful or there's been anything you've taken from it over the years of, of uh, maybe encountering those sorts of things so yeah as i've said at the start there apologies for some reason i can't seem to get my uh my framing to work my little overlay unless you guys can see it tell me if you can but uh, as far as i can tell it's uh annoying <laughs> barnes is being rude already oh no it's not even letting me show the uh show the comments today what's that about are you guys getting any of this? You're going to have to tell me. So Barnsley's just put a comment on. He said, mate, newsflash, that look started way before the kids. Yeah, he's just saying I look haggard and fat and old. Uh, thanks, Barnsley. But yeah, I'm pressing, usually that would bring it up on screen and it's not doing. So are you getting this and it's just me that isn't? Or let me know. Let me know in your, in your comments. Um, frame disappeared now. Okay, so if I click it again, you're getting the frame, but I just can't see it. And are you also getting the the question when it comes on? And I'm just not seeing it. 
this is a uh, this is hot telly, isn't it? This this is uh, <laughs> this is a brilliant, uh, entertaining show. Uh, me helping to uh, yeah, there we go. Right, so you're getting it. I just can't see it. Right, anyway, so we'll we'll carry on. So Barnsley, thanks for actually yeah, thanks for tuning in, even though you're heckling me. <laughs> Gemma said she loves the topic. Hopefully you can see that question. Oops, left my emails on. What an amateur. So, as per usual, I will uh, I will just close my comments. So, if you just tuned in, I'm asking you if you've had any experiences, positive or negative, of being seeking the help of a coach or therapist in any capacity, and what lessons you've come to learn from that. I'm interested because, um, yeah, we so we've got 11, tomorrow they turn 11 months old. Um, I've got twin boys and they are really bad sleepers. I admit, I not conceived of what the upper limit would be of a bad sleeper. You hear about it, you know, I've got friends that have, that have had challenges in that direction and even sought professional help for various different things because the kids have been bad sleepers. I did not for a second think they could be as bad as they are, right? These are lovely and otherwise healthy boys, by the way, but yeah, unfortunately between them, uh, then you're looking at average average night. Um, you're looking at maybe six or seven. It's prolonged uh, wake up periods, um, and uh, yeah, and weirdly, in with we've been keeping a log because of this therapist we've been seeing, coach we've been seeing, means that one of them happens to have a, a blinder of a night and, and and only wakes up once for half an hour. The other one seems to then make it six or seven times that night. So yeah, it's it, bizarrely they never have never coincide on having a good night at the same time but i'm not here to whinge about that <laughs> i could do i could do the whole show doing that i could do a whole week's worth of shows whinging about that it's been bloody hard however we've been then um we've sought the help uh, over different formats within ebooks and courses and trying new things and learning and we've been for, for, for months now we've been testing changing variables doing different things but we then uh, paid uh, for a a, a, a more a more direct more hands-on approach to things uh, through a, a sleep coach and the key lesson that i wanted to share with you that i've definitely will be reflecting on is that we've then handed over a log of of the behavior you know what they eat what they sleep what their nap schedules are how we go about it the routine of which we slow them down to get them to bed and you then submit that as like a, a dossier to this coach and and then uh, which is a totally normal practice and a, and a useful thing for us to write down. And we've been writing a lot down anyway. But then what's happened is on, on our first on our first call about four weeks ago, she then said, right, let's she's got this thing. And, and she clearly looked at it and been like, that is super disordered. You know, there's, there's a lot wrong with it, essentially, you know, according to what she would typically advise. And so she's then quite confidently said, Look, we're going to tidy this up. We're going to do things differently. And within days, you're going to be, it's going to be difficult. You're going to need to do certain things. You're going to need to stop this, stop that, stop feeding them here, stop feeding them there. It's going to be difficult for a few days, but then it's going to become much more orderly because the routine is going to be far tidier. And psyched us up for that and said, look, a few days, it's going to be really tough, but then it's going to be worth it. And it's going to turn a corner. And I'm really confident of that. And it was really quite assuring and, and things that, that she was so confident in that direction. Now, unfortunately, despite best efforts and despite lots of tinkering, uh, it's just not gone that way. So there's two things that I want to start off with is that the, the expectation management that's been 
really poor because she psyched us up for results within days, which we were a bit skeptical of, but we, we give it a go. We were really compliant uh, to the letter compliant with what she'd suggested. And yeah, it just, it did not turn a corner or when it did, it regressed quite quickly. So the expectation management was, was, was poor, but it wasn't that she was doing that to just psych us up. You know, it wasn't something that she sort of, you know, um, we weren't going to pay her if she didn't make us uh, get us hopes up or anything like that. So she did that because she really, truly believed it. And this is what the bigger bigger lesson that I've come to learn is that what she'd done, I, I reflect on this now, four weeks of it, of it having not worked again, is that she's then looked at this disordered routine that we're then handing over to her. She's then thought, well, that's a mess. And therefore, that's the cause of this disordered sleep pattern that these twin boys are having. And as it turns out, as she's come to accept and a month later with it having not worked is that that was a disordered routine that me and my wife have, have ended up in because of the circumstances of which we tried to optimize their pattern around the boys, right? We've done everything we can and that's where we've ended up to try and get the best out of a bad situation. It's not, so she wanted that to be the cause, but it's actually the effect. It's the effect of, you know, a good six months of us doing as best, and that's what it looks like. And don't get me wrong, there weren't some problems with it, but we're both we're both therapists by background. We've done as much as we can. We've read and studied as much as we can. We've tried to do everything, and uh, and that's what we've ended up with. And so, part of her confidence was fueled, and her expectation management was fueled by looking at it and thinking, well, well, that's a hot mess. And maybe, I dare say, and she did reflect on this afterwards a couple of days ago. We had a final call with her, and she'd said that normally, you know, you tidy up that routine and it, it improves, is that, yeah, well, normally, unfortunately, for whatever reason, I'm not saying because we were special, but in this instance, we were clearly, it wasn't a normal circumstance. These aren't, say, normal boys. They are, they're otherwise healthy, and, and I'm not suggesting we're an enigma in another situation, but I'm just meaning that in this instance, we've, that pattern wasn't causal, and you've not treated us as individuals. You've not then looked at all the variables we've tinkered with. You've not We've not maybe spelt out to you what we've done up to that point. And that's where I want to play that on to where your patients are concerned. And certainly something I'll make sure I, I don't do and hopefully don't do is that, one, you've got to be careful managing expectations on timeframes and be careful with how you prog prognosticize. Is that a word? Um, but then the other thing is that when someone is describing to you what might be classic, classic traits like um, an example would be if someone's coming in and they're they're uh, they're saying, uh, well, you know, I, 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 I've got this sore sore tendon from running, and so I've rested it um, for for a good three week period, four week period, and then when I get back into my normal training mileage, it's really sore again. You might be there thinking, well, classically, that is a pattern of behaviour that would predispose you for it being sore you're over resting and then you're going back too quickly. And so you might be hearing that and thinking that that's someone that well, will tidy up that routine and things are going to be good. And so you might then allow yourself to think, well, let's do this. And I'm confident that we'll be able to turn this around this time round. Now, in that instance, it could well be that there's, there's various reasons as to why they're doing that. And it also might not be quite as tidy as you, as it seems. There might other be, be other factors. And because you thought it was a penalty kick, because you thought it's, well, that's the problem here, you might be missing something. That, that's an area where it could have blinded you from having an extra close look at that tendon problem, that person, the circumstances around their life, and realizing that whilst that might be a disordered routine, 
it's actually not the be all and end all. And there could be something else. An example being that it could be actually a misdiagnosis. You're actually dealing with something that there is a, you know, so I've picked a tendon now, so I'll just sort of go with it and say it was a patella. Then you're in a situation where actually there's this underlying and, and corresponding fat pad issue that's working alongside this. And so whilst the routine is uh, definitely not playing, a, uh, it's not playing a positive role in, in this, if you, did, if you were to think that that was everything and you missed the other contributing variables to their symptoms, in this case, you, know, you weren't to then assess carefully enough to realize that there's an underlying and adjacent fat, fat pad issue, that's going to be a problem. And in this instance, with this, this sort of sleep training lark, that's sort of my take on the matter. You never know for fact, but it just feels like what's happened is, and I understand how it's happened, is that there's, that's been assumed to be the problem. And therefore, trying to correct for that not working has meant you've then mismanaged expectation, but also you've just failed to treat the individual case as an individual case because it sort of ticked all your boxes. And we, we sometimes even use imagery and language to this effect. In, 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 the, in a cr across medicine, you might have heard this expression. They say, if you hear hooves, it might be zebras, but it's probably horses because they're more common. It's not likely to be a unicorn. And so you might have heard this expression in part because they, there's this notion that that's the nature of probability is that when this is a certain thing that's being described, think about the common things it could be, and it's more likely to be those because that's probability. Totally reasonable thing to think about, but, but zebras exist is the, is the punchline there, and you've got to make sure that the rarer stuff you don't miss. In this instance, I think we're, we're a trek like ours. I'm not sure we're a zebra, but we've been... We've been Tread like a horse in part because it felt like the presentation that we gave was something that was seen as being classic when in hindsight, despite best efforts, it hasn't responded for various reasons. And, and so I hope that I've been someone advocates for and in my own practice um, doesn't make those mistakes. That's a complacency error in my opinion. But certainly, having been through this experience, there's two key things that are a perfect storm that leave a bad taste. One is that, that you've not been treated as an individual. But the second thing is that the expectation management is such that in MSK, they're the patients that don't turn back up. Or they're the ones that give a negative review if they're even willing to talk to you. Or they're certainly the ones that sort of roll their eyes if they were, they're never going to give a, a recommendation. They're not your word of mouth referrers, really. They're the ones that are sort of like, yeah, over-promised, under-delivered, and thought that I was something just generic and gave me something that was quite a generic plan. Might have been really personable, but there's a complacency to that because they just thought I was classic and I didn't respond in the classic manner. And so they had no idea. And, and that's what you don't want to come across as, as a therapist. And that's one of the lessons I've learned in this experience, um, which has been novel. Now, I did ask you guys the question as to whether or not you've been in that situation before and whether or not, um, and, and I totally understand that it's going to be a, a number of different contexts in which you might have engaged with, say, therapists and coaches, etc. And many of you, no doubt, being therapists and coaches, it's sometimes difficult um, to, to put yourself in that position. So I know it's going to be unique, but there's definitely lessons that can be learned from stuff like that. And I'm interested in your thoughts too. So please do get your comments in uh, today. If you're just tuning in, I'm reflecting on my experiences recently working with a coach, a therapist in this instance by proxy, via them helping me and my wife with, with our twin boys who aren't sleeping well. But I want to know from you as to what your experiences are being under the care of, or be it someone else helping, let's say someone else helping you to achieve goals rather than you being that person. 
Um, so uh, thank you so much to those that are commenting. Let's have a little look. Jim Oliver, thank you for tuning in as ever. I can't see on screen whether it's coming up. I hope it still is, but uh, hopefully I've just shared Gemma's comment. I'll read out the most of it. An interaction with a CBT therapist has been life-changing in the last six months. I've seen many on and off in the past few years, private and NHS, been very hit and miss, and seeing the right person that fits with my personality has had a huge positive effect on my anxiety and my professional practice. I used to think that cause that because I didn't gel with a couple, that it was me and that CBT and therapy wasn't for me. But I was so wrong. Stick with it. Having a therapist is not the stigma it used to be and has changed my life in so many ways. Well, that's just a fantastic reflection from, from Gemma there and, and certainly something that I'd agree wholeheartedly with, particularly the latter part, you know, just ridiculous that that stigma has ever been but certainly these days you know uh, especially in these times of turmoil then i think we should all be <laughs> sure all be leaning on each other both formally and informally more and so uh, it's great for Gemma to, to share that and although if those that haven't uh, engaged with Gemma's work before then please do check out the anxious physio and then some of her reflections there as well as her services of which she she will be uh bringing forward soon i understand so yeah thank you Gemma, for sharing that and i agree as well getting that right fit is is very important i think we also sometimes underestimate that in our services is that the compatibility factor particularly when it comes to a persistent or uh, problem rather than it being sort of a sprained ankle that walks in off the straight or a bit of a flare of the back is that sometimes that compatibility matters more when it's a more not even complex but more persistent or more um identity affecting issue and so getting that compatibility is important and trying to not dismiss something because one thing hasn't worked Paltz is uh, sharing some stories i think of his um issues like i've had with regards to kids and sleep which is obviously a more direct reflection my first child daughter slept my first child's daughter maybe he's saying is he maybe talking about a granddaughter i don't know um through from six slept through from six weeks but never slept for the first three years, the other one. Oh, wow. Empathy. <laughs> Hence, we only have two children. Oh, so I think he is reflecting on his own his own children. One sleeping well, one sleeping not. And yeah, I'm hearing that. And thank you so much for those that are sympathizing <laughs> with my specific example. But yeah, of course, I, I could whinge about that all day and all week, but I'm not meaning for that to just be about, about that. Um, it's just a, definitely a, a lesson learned from seeing the, the therapist or coach. Richard Barnes. Hi, Rich. Um, he said, experienced some great coaching through clinical supervision with our lead psychologist definitely made me more aware of how patients response influences my own clinical interactions helping me enhance communication and behavioral change skills barnsey brilliant comment brilliant thought and certainly something that i've reflected on recently barnsey good mate of mine and i've seen some of his comments about being clinically supervised by by a psychologist but also by someone across professional across professionally i think has been something that's enhanced his his work and uh, and certainly something i need to be more uh, think more about and definitely something i want to chew over another time possibly even with barnsley might get him on the show so i might rope you in there mate but uh, but that's brilliant uh, Gemma's has then said very interesting jack it must happen in clinical practice even if it's not our intention don't take things for granted listen and relate to the person and their situation everyone is different the difference is key it is we do care about difference don't we um joe turner said i've only realized the extent of this since my coaching training i am programmed as a physio to spot patterns and fix them she said then fix them fix them to a foxcom i don't know i, I think that's a typo isn't it she said oh, to a fix um i think uh, that's so so important um and let's not she then said i have learned to listen much longer and much harder 
it's a bit of a cliche. I don't think it's a direct quote from him. I think he's quoting someone else. But my great friend and mentor, Mike Stewart, of No Pain fame, of course, the Physio Matters podcast fame, of course, yeah, prior to that, he says, you know, don't, are you, are you truly listening or are you waiting to talk again? There's a massive difference. And in whatever context, and I say this and try and suggest this when I'm mentoring anyone is that whether that be when you're listening to a patient, are you truly listening and concentrating and reflecting on it? Or are you waiting to talk again because you've got someone else you want to get to? And that applies as well to interview skills and moderating discussions and debates, etc. is that you've got to then be more thoughtful about truly engaging and truly listening. And Joe's made a great point there is that it's so tempting to sometimes lean on the fact that it's pattern recognition is important. And if you hear hooves, it's probably a horse. Yeah, but zebras exist. Unicorns don't, granted, but some it could be what a zebra dressed as a unicorn. I'm extending that. Milk. There are rarer things, but there are also circumstances that might lead you to think it's more of a zebra. The text you're never going to get context to know whether it's a zebra rather than a horse unless you unless you ask the questions, unless you listen, unless you study, unless you're careful, and you're not just pattern recognizing for the sake because you're trying to play something. Or some would argue it happens. It's human, especially if it's in the middle of a really busy day. It's been really intense you've had back-to-back challenging stuff right not just challenging people challenging conditions challenging circumstances we're all worked up and stressed at the moment but you're going to miss something and you're only going to make life harder for yourself in this case with this uh, sort of sleep coach who i don't hold any grudges on by the, by the way but it's just that there's no way that she's enjoyed this last four weeks like we have she's been pulling her hair out can't believe it really wants to help us really caring lady that wants to help us but for whatever reason and it's probably multiple multiple different factors means that it hasn't worked out and so she's not going to be celebrating either it's not been a good good experience for her and it affects affects us as well if you if you make those mistakes of which we all have and will again it's not it doesn't play well on us you know the, the, the patient is obviously um, going to be the the recipient of bad care in this instance or, or some mistakes but it's also not a good thing that only burns us out if we make those mistakes if you're thinking that that other fellow humans actually are are just cogs in a machine and that you just need to get the right in, right input creates right outputs and stuff as if it's all one big algorithmic conveyor belt then you're going to miss stuff it's, it's really really silly um ellie tickney hi ellie hope you're good she said that she fully agrees that the more vulnerable persistent the complex the issue the more you want to do research testimonial background of a coach that she was seeking feeling safe and respected having that rapport makes it make or break for the success of working together absolutely ellie i totally agree i think that that's something that you could get away with just just shopping or you might get away with even going with whatever's the cheapest or more convenient or more available at any given time but the more the more it's something that affects um affects things on a more deeper level means that the outcome is going to be related so much to the personality linkage between you and any coach or therapist that you're working with and the fact that they're going to be willing to personalize as well as well as having that rapport is super important so really appreciate um your thoughts there ellie and, and thank you so much to all of you for your comments it's been really nice to, to hear um it sounds like there's some uh, real broad agreement which is lovely as well i hope it's a bit rantier than, than it has been as well i've been uh, trying to just calm myself down there's been a few ranty ones uh, in recent weeks but on this one it's a bit of a calmer topic and i'm tired <laughs> So yeah, any more any more thoughts, guys? Do get them in. Cheers, Barnsley said. Hopefully, it will lead to some reflection on our approach. Possibly, yeah. I think um, Charlotte's just more polite than me, so she didn't have me going and and, and detailing my uh, thoughts and feedback quite as 
uh, quite as thoroughly as I might otherwise have done. But um, but she's uh, she's right to, and uh, you know, I was I was diplomatic. But in this instance, yeah, I, I think there's definitely you could hear that she was going to be reflecting on her approach, and, and she right, rightly should. But then equally, I'm not going to pretend that there's. I wish I had the answer as to what would have worked better, but I'm just thinking that, you know, personally, I look on and I think the classic mistakes that have that have been made uh, have been have been that, and uh, it's and it's a shame, but it's so easily done, you know, and it's made me realise that I've done the I've done the same thing, you know, you, we, we've all been there, and it's a sickness when it happens. I want to give another example here clinically for those that are MSK bots that are watching on. Oh, the amount of times. Hopefully, again, less so recently, I guess. But um, the amount of times where you just everything ticks a box for it to be something that you just it's a it's a subacromial pain, like classically considered an impingement, right? It's just it's sore, you're likely to be it's tendon bursal problem, subacromial, and and then you see them, you see them after you give them some homework to do and give them the sort of classic pitch there and. You've, you've studied it as thoroughly as you could. You've heard them out, but the pattern recognition has led you in that way. And then you see them maybe a couple of weeks later, and it's then that that started to stiffen up. Right? It, it, it's only then that they start to show signs and symptoms. They elevate their arm, and you can see them dragging into, into internal rotation as they elevate. And you're like, ah, of course. This was just you're seeing a frozen shoulder early as it's starting to get sore. And if you've been so complacent as to just be convinced that that was say subacromial pain or tendinopathy or something like that and you'd then been so rash as to then say well just you know seeing seeing a four or six weeks or whatever especially in these times if you're trying to space appointments or you're saying uh, i'll just give you i'll give you a call in a few weeks because this will probably turn a corner if you just do these things that's the complacency based on pat pattern recognition that uh, that i think can happen so classically, especially in that body part, and the amount of times that that's happened, unfortunately, earlier in my career, where you, fortunately, I think it, it, more often than not, was like I wasn't, I wasn't sure, I wasn't convinced, and therefore I followed them up a bit sooner than I would have otherwise done, and then retested a few things and be like, bloody hell, that is actually stiffening up, but it wasn't stiff when I saw it, and and it's just an example whereby if you just rely too much on pattern recognition and don't truly allow yourself that appropriate sense of doubt or be truly intrigued or dig a little deeper, then you're going to miss stuff, and it's just a shame when that happens, because as I said, of course, that's really not good. Uh, it's not optimal care for the patient, but you know we're all human. It happens. But it's not good for you if you just plowed on blindly no one's going to benefit and you're only going to get stressed out and burnt out because we all you know especially those that listen to this show we care all right thanks a lot guys really appreciate you as ever joe turner's giving me a bit of a pep talk at the end there she said sleep deprivation absolute pits but it gets better with a kiss so thank you so much joe really appreciate that and of course appreciate you all for tuning in as ever my best wish off and uh, i will see you tomorrow which is what is it tomorrow? It's Friday tomorrow. Ben Ellis is on the show tomorrow. Brilliant. Me and him are going to be reflecting on virtual conferences and conferences and who they're for and what they're for and how we should do it and what the format will be for next year's shows. So it's going to be brilliant. Tune in tomorrow. It's going to be an absolute cracker because Ben is brilliant. Get an actual expert on. We'll talk about education probably as well because that's what he's in. All right. Take care. Speak to you soon.